Okay, the word of God. So recently, we have been dealing on a series, okay? We've been on something called unification by the Spirit. I would recommend to take notes in church. It's very, very important. So that you have something there. Even if you never go back to the notes, just know that writing is part of learning. And as you write, it has something about imprinting in your memory, okay? That kind of thing. So we've been dealing on unification by the Spirit. Now, the reason this is a very interesting topic is because I don't think it's very um, basic in terms of, okay, who's experienced with church? You go to church like at home. You go to church at home? What church? Um, Wait, hold on. Do you speak French or something? No. Oh, it just has a French name or something. No, United Church. Oh, sorry. It's me that's easy. United Church of Zambia. Okay, great. You're expensive church? What church do you go? Um, Okay, 
knowledge, basically. You can, yeah, go for it, man. I love this. <laughs> go for it, go for it. Like, knowledge is like just a Knowledge is information. Uh, let's say a computer say, oh, you know, this thing happened. Now you know that. Understanding is a little bit more deep. Like, you know, like, okay, we have uh, more, like, when you bring to the reality to that, that's a little bit more understanding. And then wisdom is, like, wisdom comes with experience. Like, let's say, for example, someone who has never done like experience, X experience, they might know the experiences, they might understand how, like, let's say, someone that has that, like, uh, okay, a couple of information, and so we have someone, alcoholic person, for example, yeah, like the, the addiction with alcohol. Yeah. So, we, some, some people can just know that it exists, that's knowledge. Yeah. Some people, understand how it can affect like some people are doctors yeah. like so they understand how that addiction can affect someone's life right. and everything but maybe the, like not every doctor has been through uh yeah, exactly. experience and knowledge is when you have actually been through like someone who has been alcoholic for like, some years and then they have left it now they're wise uh, wiser because they have been through it and now they yeah, know that's about it. Okay, great, give him a hand, you try. So we have knowledge is just information. I know about this, like you know what I mean. Understanding is the mental putting together. Okay? And we'll see why this is important. Knowledge is basic. You can know something but know nothing about it really. Like you just know this is Understanding is how it came together. Though, okay, one plus one plus this, plus this, you understand, right? And that is actually the Greek word that you have there. You understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, but like I told you in English, it's all just written as knowledge, right? But he's saying that when you read, right, the scriptures that I'm written for you, you'll be able to get my understanding of the mystery of Christ, the way I have put this thing called Christianity together. Meaning you need to understand my mindset. The exact relationship with this thing. Often when somebody knows something, if they can't explain it, it's because they don't understand it. They've not gone that deep into it to understand this is why this is like this. For example, someone was praying to me and how many people, okay, before we out here, did you notice his voice was a bit unclear? In terms of, it was very, it sounded very, uh, I don't know how to explain it without being too sound theory kind of guy. But it was a bit muddy in a sense. That's how we describe it. But it's basically just, it's a male problem. <laughs> you know, because when we get to it, even when he did the mind, did you not notice? Pretty well. I'll be thankful for You see, if you don't have a function here, you might be able to see, you just don't have to clap. So what did I do? I got to the speaker and there are two knobs. There's bass and there's treble. Because Uncle has too much bass in his voice, I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I told him. 
higher frequency. <laughs> That's what understanding is like. So I understand, so I have knowledge, so I can speak. But the understanding is, okay, he has this bias, he has this trouble, he has this, you understand? So we can manipulate stuff. And through doing this over time, we develop wisdom regarding it. So now I can get to the point where I just say, oh, you, just turn off this, turn off this, you understand? I become wise with it. So Paul says that when you read the scriptures, you begin to get his understanding. The way he has put Christ together. His understanding. And I was explaining that there is a fellowship with knowledge. Meaning that when you get to know something, it, there's something it produces in you. Let's go there. Genesis uh, chapter 4. Let's bring that my scripture. Great. Chapter 1. I mean chapter 4 from verse 1. Now Adam knew his wife. That's what we have there, right? We can all read, isn't it? So it's not me manufacturing. Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain. Question. Didn't Adam know his wife before? Yeah. I mean, he's been with this woman. In fact, it was so deep, the love that they shared, that the first time he saw Eve, he said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. My goodness, she shall be called woman. For. So he, my guy already was relating. But why would it say, Adam knew his wife and she conceived, she gave birth? The point is that with everything that you know, there is a fellowship. In mingling and it produces something. You know about the power of prayer, so you pray more. You know about the importance of education, so you go to school. It always produces something inside of you. Now Paul says that there's something God has made known to me. You can go back to Ephesians chapter 3. He says that God has made something known to me. And I'm not here. Is Paul alive today? No. He says, So I'm not here today. But by reading these things, that God has made known unto me, you'll be able to get my mindset the way I have come to understand Christ. Does it make any sense now? Make any sense? You'll be able to understand Christ. Great. So, Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. Before we go there, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. What do you see something? I said my subject is unification by the Spirit. And what I was basically explaining is that the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? I'm breaking it down like this because I know that we're all on different planes and I don't want to just be assuming I'm talking like this. And saying, hey, he talked a bunch of deep things in church and then nobody understood what he was saying. Huh? Who is the Holy Spirit? Anybody know? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit of God. Very simple. Okay, so let's make some things His name is not Holy Spirit. Hmm? I like the face, you know, it looks so spirit. His name is not Holy Spirit, but God is a spirit. Okay, Jesus taught us that. Meaning, he's not flesh, we can't see him. But he's a spirit. Alright? And he had a son, Jesus Christ. He's a spirit. And his spirit is called the Holy Spirit. So when we say the Holy Spirit, we're referring to the Spirit of God. God's Spirit. Okay? And I was explaining that the Holy Spirit is powerful in the sense that He's able to bring unity. And I took us, so people that were there, to the book of Nehemiah. No, Ezra. Okay? Basically, the children of Israel were sinning, and Ezra started praying. And as he prayed, the Bible says that a huge company of people assembled to him, and they just wanted to repent. 
And I said, I wanted us to note how that because started. And says that the Spirit of God was upon those people to give them one heart, one mind. Alright? To serve God. So basically, the Holy Spirit was upon the congregation to kind of give them a focus on God. And I said that this is something that's possible. Sometimes, or a lot of times, we find that in our family, not everybody believes. If you notice the opening prayer points, we're praying concerning people that don't believe the gospel yet. Why? Because they need to be saved. Jesus said, a person can't see the kingdom of God, can't see heaven, except they are saved. So we pray concerning their salvation. Why are we trusting the Holy Spirit regarding their salvation? It's because He is able to bring that unification. He's able to give them one mind. He's able to help them believe. I can't convince you about Jesus, no matter how much I say it, but the Holy Spirit is able to touch your heart. Right? Concerning it. That's why we pray like that. Great. Now, as Christians, we are, not just as Christians, but we are spirit beings. This is one important thing you need to know. Man or woman is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. Meaning that you are not just this body that I'm talking to right now. There is a spiritual part of you. Your spirit, the human spirit. You have a soul that consists of your mind, will, emotions. Right? And you live in a physical body. So if this body gets sick, and dies, what's your name? The spirit. Which will either go to God or to go to the other place. Huh? And that's how more people to be saved. You understand? Does it make sense now? Now, Galatians 5 16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. As Christians, we're called to have a spiritual walk. A spiritual walk. What does that mean? It means that God doesn't expect you to live just through this body. He doesn't expect you to just be so physical and so sensual. In the sense that you only relate your stuff to your five senses. For example, if I were to tell you that there are angels in this room, how would you feel? How would you be? You will now look around and say, yeah, is that something I missed? But you can't perceive them with your natural vision. You have to wake up your spiritual senses. Have you ever met somebody that they're fine, they're dressed well, everything, but they seem to carry a bad aura? Or a depressing aura? Have you met somebody like that before? Okay, have you met some people? Okay, maybe have you met me? <laughs> I was just have some very nice bubbly aura. It's like, hey, if you're not happy around me, it's like, hey. Have you met that kind of person? Basically, people carry different energies, as we like to put it, right? But we can't see this energy. We can feel it. We just know that ah, this person carries kind of depression with them. This person carries joy with them. This person carries intelligence with them. Are you know that you're just around them and all of a sudden you just feel so smart because you don't understand everything like, oh my god, wow, I didn't even know what this is. Life is spiritual. Hmm? So he says, walk in the spirit. He says, I don't want you to be so physical, so sensual, where you can't discern. Well, you can't see spiritually. You're not alert to God. I miss the group of people. If God were speaking directly to you, would you know? If He was speaking in your heart, trying to get you to do something, would you know? And this is the part of Christianity that sometimes is not talked about. Because God not to is condemning. Hey, did you go to the club yesterday? Hey, did you smoke yesterday? Hey, did you? But there's more to it than just attacking somebody for you know their sins and problems. And when you start to learn about this relationship with God. 
the things of the world become less tasty and attractive and you start to want to know God more and enjoy it because you're able to see life this is the attractive part of God you're telling me that God can speak to me that he can communicate to me his plan for my life some of us want to know our purpose anytime I'm on evangelism one thing I tell people is I ask them I remember I used to do this. I would say, do you know your purpose? Do you know why you're here? And they were like, okay, I'm not sure this, 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 this. I told them, can the product really determine its own purpose? It has to ask the manufacturer. Only the manufacturer of the product knows exactly what it was created for. And when the product is functioning outside its manufactured purpose, we call it what? Abuse. You feeling all wise and good, you carry your toothbrush <laughs> and inside you to scrub your car outside. <laughs> With even toothpaste. Is that, tooth, is that toothbrush feeling is almost? You understand? Because the manufacturer has a different plan. Same way, God has a plan for us. He wants to be able to communicate it to us. But if we are too sensual, too bodily, you only hear what's happening here. You understand? You only hear with your physical ears. You only see with your physical eyes. You'll be able to relate. If he was talking to you in a crowd, you wouldn't know. I remember, he's a spirit. So he's not going to come and talk to you like a physical person and say, hey. You get it? So that's why we're trying to train our spiritual senses to understand these things. Now, important to understand, go to Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. I like that sort of thing. I think everybody's fine. Don't worry about getting everything, you know, the first time you hear it. Spiritual things like this, you learn, and the more you learn, it becomes relatable. And then, born Catholic, raised Catholic, everything. Alright? She came here, and just like some of you, when you hear us praying the dogs here, this is a madness. <laughs> well, you don't talk about it two nights ago. I'm talking about it with the queen. She was like, did you do that? And I had to say the, the voice note, because I found it so funny. You know, the voice note says, do you do that? It was just funny to me. Hmm? And we were talking about it. Only for her to come to church on a Sunday morning, you know, and then Sam says, yes, yes. So what you pray after his baritone, of course. And then, um, yeah, this is really from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. And, so and after he's done, nothing. Brooklyn is just like, huh? Huh? So these things don't make sense yet. But I'm not praying in tongues now, right? Jay came here. She wasn't praying in tongues before. She knew about it. But she also started praying in something. The point is, it starts off as, what is this mysterious thing? And before you identify yourself, it just happens. What does it say here? Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. I want you to do it in the KJV, because I want you to see something there. In the KJV, this verse says, those who regard lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Any KJV? Out here. It says, um, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Great. It says, those who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. What are lying vanities? What is vanity? It's like the word because it's vanity. <laughs> Don't worry, you understand. <laughs> what is vanity? It's something that's empty. 
Alright? Fleeting for the moment. Temporary. And the Bible teaches us that things that are physical are vanity. Subject to decay. You have a room, you clean very well. After three months, come back to it. What will happen? You see cobwebs, you see dust. Everything that's physical is heading towards death. It's tending towards, you know, it's always spoiling. You have to try and manage it for it to be good. Even if you are as fine as you are now, if you just stay, find this. No shower, no brush, nothing. Just stay. So some of you can't even think about it. You didn't even move around. No gym, nothing. As you are, you just start going in different directions. <laughs> Everything is heading towards death, right? Or towards decay. The point is, those who regard physical things, things that are perishing, forsake their own mercy. But this is the case of a lot of Christians, right? They are so um, fleshly. If something goes wrong out here, they feel stranded. Oh, my result. Oh, my account balance. Oh, my this. And as soon as it happens like that, you're shook. But God doesn't want it to be that way. He wants you to live from the realm of the spirit. I know, okay, who, who for, the, for you is it? It's like a new thing I'm saying about living from the realm of the spirit or creating like that. It's a bit of a new thing. A bit of a new thing? I love the honesty. I love you. Know, some people are using me apart, But really, it's a bit of a new thing. The point is, you're meant to live spiritually, walk spiritually, operate spiritually. Hmm? So, it's to an extent where physical things don't determine how you are, how you feel, how you operate. If things go bad in the flesh, in the physical, you don't feel stranded. You don't feel like this is the end of my life. And if you don't have that mentality, the world, as we say in Nigeria, will show you shaking. <laughs> you understand what I mean? It will do you bad. Because things go bad in this world. But you have to have some inward convictions, things that you believe. No matter what happens, I will be alright. What's that? So you have to have those physical convictions. Okay. I was born in Northern Ireland. But I spent most of my life in Nigeria, so I grew up in Nigeria, but came here for uni. So they classed me as an international student. It's always interesting when you tell testimonies because you can only tell it that confidently because you succeeded. You understand? If you didn't succeed, you will not measure it. But it then goes. The class was international, I mean, I'm paying something about 20 kids for this law degree. If you're doing all this biomed, something is even like more toxic than like. <laughs> but not that violent, meaning that I'm meant to be a home student. Now, I refuse to pay my school fees in Saturday. I'm in bed. So I refuse to pay my school fees. Because I'm trying to argue for home fees. They said, eh. So they locked me out of canvas. If you're you, I think everybody here is Yopi. Are you Yopi? Yeah. So you know how to put You're in and out of you. Uh, we'll talk after <laughs> Okay. So what is canvas is your life inside this room. You have your textbooks, you have your lectures, everything. If they lock you out of canvas, they've locked you out of life. Just forget it. Right? But I was going to classes, everything, and people will be seeing me, and I'll just be smiling with them. You don't know that I'm fighting my own battles, right? But God knows that when they finally announced that I can have my own fees, I can't take it to the whole process. 
I was like, oh my God. Why was I calm? Because I was employing more forces than they knew about. It wasn't just a physical thing for me. Every day, spiritual torment to the administration. <laughs> they will see my face in there too. <laughs> you must give me this office. <laughs> That's how I was operating. Right? And as a Christian, you have more than just physical forces. Do you understand? You have spiritual forces. You have angels. You have unseen beings that are working with you. You have power. It starts with first enlightening yourself. But okay, God has things for me. God has provision for me. Like Elijah, God said, go into the brook of Kidron. I will send, um, what's it called? The ravens to feed you. But he was going into a wilderness. But God was able to provide for him. Elijah had a servant. And the servant said that we are encompassed all about and they are coming to kill us. Elijah didn't go, Elijah the prophet, okay, he's a prophet, a man of God. Elijah didn't go, they're, they're going to kill us. You don't mean it. <laughs> I'm finished here. He said, God, open these guys' eyes to see the protection that's around us. And the Bible says that God granted that request. Don't try to on me, don't mind. So, God granted that request and opened the servant's eyes. And the Bible says that he saw chariots of fire, angels compassed about them. The point is, are you vision away from your calmness? Is it because you are not seeing God's provision for you? You are not seeing, oh, that this is what he has for you. This angel is here for you. This protector has his providence over you. No one knows what the providence of God is. Anybody? It's basically the fact that God can see tomorrow and so your life is planned. Your tomorrow is not a shock or a surprise to you. So when you're in, in trouble, say you get as bad as it seems, but I've, I've been through it, you get kidnapped. Are you aware that God saw that day coming? Right? As a boy, like, okay, if God saw it come, why didn't he just shield me away from it? There are some trials and problems you go through in this life. And what doesn't kill you? What? It's strong. So you see, Annette has gone through something. So she can say, hmm, I came out stronger. The Bible says the trying of your faith is much more precious than gold. When your faith is tested, when you are shook, it's precious. One time the Lord was told to me and he said, never be envious of the world's riches. Don't be jealous of people that, you know, they seem up there, they're celebrities. They, have, they seem to have everything. He said that there's something more important than gold, than wealth. He says it's the problems that you go through, the trials you go through. The Bible says it's much more precious than gold. Character is actually what brings wealth. Character. Discipline. Your ability, the you. you. What is inside of you? We talk about spiritual capacity. What can come out of you? Thank God, each one of us here is able-bodied. But are we all on the same plane in terms of the experiences and what we can do in life? Maybe not. Why? We've each developed ourselves in different areas. For example, Gabriel, I know, I don't know if I know when Gabriel started working out or Jimmy very seriously, but I know that he has come quite some way. And his WhatsApp status is reporting. <laughs> I know. Oh, as soon as you have Gabriel, don't worry. You have somebody that you can use to brag that you have a gym for him. <laughs> right? It's reporting. Why? He has developed himself in that area. You understand? 
Some of us, it's on the musical side of things. Maybe singing. You can know the queen plays keyboard. You're before the same instrument. You have same ten fingers. Should we have ten? You have not, not remember that fact today. Where you go? So ten fingers, right? But why is the queen playing more? She's developed maybe herself in that area. The point is, it's about the kind of person you are. What you've developed yourself in. That makes the difference. We come to church to learn about our spirit, our human spirit, and our relationship with God. And the fruit of that relationship. Such that when you go through life's trials, life's problems, you are more confident than the other person. Maybe. Why? Because God is on my side. Hmm? You have the victory. And for a lot of Christians, the issue is, they maybe know that God is on their side and everything, but they don't know how to implement the spiritual forces. They don't know how to use the things that God has given them. That's kind of why we're in church to learn these things. But I wanted to show you that. So you have to be, you have to learn, this is one of my final points, but you have to learn to be spiritual. That's a good point. Learn to be spiritual. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Learn to be spiritual. Learn to be spiritually minded. To think from the realm of the spirit. To live from the realm of the spirit. Well, you don't always judge by your eyes what you see, what you hear. If somebody were telling you a lie, would you be able to know? You know, there's some people that are very talented at lying. And they defend their heart. It's a science. And they have doctorate. <laughs> would you be able to know? We'll read a short after this. But he says, You are a chosen generation. What's the next thing? A royal priesthood. Who is a priest? And mind you, the Bible is telling you who you are. You're a chosen generation. Somebody was asking me one time, he says, okay, so does God have a class of people he picks, he calls? Then of those called ones, he will not choose some. And obviously, when somebody's asking that kind of question, but they already feel they're excluded class, they're not they're themselves. And God has a special class of people. But the Bible says what? You're a chosen generation. Each one of us is chosen by God. So you shouldn't feel less of yourself. It says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So people like ask them, are you holy? Thinking about <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> Saturday night before church. <laughs> but he says, you're a holy nation. His own special people. Are you special? You know the world teaches you today, you're just anybody, you are like every other person. You're saying, ah, you come on person, if not, it's great, you don't let it. His own special people. But I want you to just know that, I don't want to go into too much. He says, you're a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Meaning, you're royalty, that's the first thing. You're royalty. It only means royalty, means you don't have to be related to the crown. Right? You're royalty. What does that mean? You're a prince. You're a queen. Uh, <laughs> right? Kings and queens. So what's royalty like? What's the talk of royalty? What's the mindset of royalty? There's a book I'm working on. It's called Think Like a King. Maybe I should put queen just because of inclusivity in these days. Think like a king or a queen. <laughs> Why? Because God wants you to have that mentality. How does a king think? A queen think? Does he think, I am broke. I, my life is over. 
No. The king, queen, royalty brings orders, decrees, power, ability, strength, endurance, sustenance, perpetuity, long reign, long life. That's what God wants you to think. So you never meet me with a problem and I feel like, hey, your life is over, man. That's not the right friend to have. You should have friends that are saying, okay, come, let's pray. Like, like Annette said, you know, about dream. Uh, let's pray about it. But since you're a real priest now, a priest, first of all, is a spiritual person. So you can know these kind of things up. A priest is a spiritual person who understands service to God and understands sacrifice to God. Priesthood and sacrifice. Two important things about priesthood. And God says that we are all priests, meaning we ought to understand how to serve God, service, and we have to understand sacrifice. These two things are what regulates kind of your experience of God intervening in your life, your understanding of priesthood and sacrifice. Okay? But I understand that we can't make everything in the world today. No, we're not talking and this outside people will just be disturbing us and we just feeling like, oh my god, I don't understand. So we'll take some more, but I'll have shook your brain a bit. You've heard some new things, old things, and you know, create some things. But the aim of all of this, like I said, is so that your Christian life is enhanced, you grow spiritual, just as your brain physically. You grow spiritual, you become more discerning, you learn to hear the voice of God, you find out God's will for your life and you're able to pursue it. The most important thing at the end of the day is, did you fulfill your purpose? Or did you live an empty life? Did you live for men? Did you live for the grace of people? Or did you live for God? These are important things. And our reward in heaven is based on this thing. The Bible says that everything we do on this earth in heaven will be tried by fire. And some of you have seen that Maverick City. I want to be tried by fire. You don't even know. Why are you not learning to You want to try by fire. Do you have words that are going to be able to stand the fire of God? What have you done for God? Right? What have you done for God? Give good souls. Did you allow your life to preach the gospel? Did you truly live as a Christian? These are some important you know, thoughts here and there, but we'll, we'll learn about it. Right? And your Christian walk, life will be enhanced. Who's learned something today? Anything? Good. Good. I'm, I'm happy.